Testing, testing, one, two. Here we go. Hello, film lovers. Yes, it's that time of the week again. Sit down, relax, pop in your headphones and whap out some popcorn. It is time for the Films I Love Most podcast. of Films I Love Most, a new movie podcast with your host, me, Keith. Thank you very much for joining me. And if you are a movie fan, then you're in the right place. And if you're a friend or relative of mine that's just trying to show me some support, you're also in the right place. Thank you very much, Mum. Yes, welcome. Um, I'm going to be talking about movies. I'm going to be giving you movie reviews. I'm going to be talking about movies from the past, the present and the future. So if you are a movie geek just like me, then welcome. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, I am a self-proclaimed movie fanatic. I watch at least one or two movies a day. Um, I can't get enough. I just love the experience. I love... Um, good storytelling. I like um, a good director. My favourite directors include Stanley Kubrick, David Lynch, Steven Spielberg, um, you know, and some more out there directors, which we will talk about in the upcoming weeks. Um, so I've got a very packed show for you today. Um, and thank you very much for being here. <laughs> Movie news now. Um, we're going to talk about some of the um, exciting things that are happening in the world of cinema this week. Um, quite a lot's going on, actually. We've got a obviously some big releases coming up, like Spider-Man. Uh, we've just had a couple of big releases, Toy Story 4, which we'll be covering later. But there's been some quite interesting developments, especially in the world of um, if you're a horror fan, which I am moderately a horror fan. I do not like um, gross-out horror. I prefer like psychological, slow moving horror. I quite like that. So um, if you are a horror fan, then you will be sort of pleased to know that they're making Paranormal Activity 7. Yeah, um, so that's going to be coming out at the um, Halloween next year. Um, it's going to be the seventh film in the franchise. Yeah, they don't include the Marked Ones, which was a um, sort of spin-off movie of Paranormal Activity. I remember watching the very first Paranormal Activity years ago. And being genuinely scared, it was a very well put together, creepy, got under your skin kind of movie. And then they've just created a franchise from it and it just seems to have sort of gone downhill. Um, I haven't seen the last two, so I'm not quite sure, you know, what happens in the end. But I'm not overly excited about the fact that they're going to make a seven but um, we'll see. You know, it could surprise us. It could be a roaring success. Um, other news. Um, let's just talk about the Spider-Man posters. Okay, so there's been some posters um, released this week for the new Spider-Man Far From Home movie. 
and they seem to depict Samuel Jackson's character with his eye patch, but on each poster it's on a different eye. And Samuel Jackson has uh, tweeted that he is not happy about this and that heads will roll. So um, I'm not quite sure what's happening with the Marvel marketing um, you know, side of things at the moment. They seem to be all over the place. And there was a poster that they released that looked like it was done by a primary school child with some safety, safety scissors and a prick stick. It did look quite bad. So... Come on, Marvel, get your act together. You've, you're usually quite good at this sort of thing. I don't know what's happening. Um, we've got, obviously, Star Wars coming up at the end of the year. Very excited about that. Mark Hamill is doing a press... Um, doing press at the moment for Child's Play, and he's been talking a little bit about his future in Star Wars, saying that he is retiring after um, the last one he's going to be in. So... Yeah, that would be the end of Skywalker. I don't see that as a bad thing. I think that it would be good for Star Wars to go in, into a new direction. Disney are pretty much taking over the world at the moment. So not only do they have the MCU universe, um, Endgame probably going to end up being the biggest movie of all time. It just needs to get over the line and beat Avatar, which is it's struggling to do at the moment, actually. there's There's probably a couple of million in it. But we'll see what happens there. But obviously they have The Lion King coming out. And a whole horde of animated remakes. Um, how do you lot feel about the animated remakes? Are you enjoying them? Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's a bad idea? Um, they're a little bit hit and miss for me. Um, I did enjoy The Jungle Book. That's probably my favourite one so far. Uh, Beauty and the Beast didn't really inspire me. The latest Aladdin was an interesting film but it didn't really hit the heights of the animated version for me maybe that's nostalgia but you never know um, I'm hoping that The Lion King can burst through that barrier for me because directed by the director of The Jungle Book so I enjoyed his first film um, hopefully The Lion King will do it for me but I'm not I'm, you know it's it holds a special place in my heart because it's you know one of those films that I grew up with and when people tinker around with um, things that you feel very emotionally attached to, it can either go one way or the other really. So hopefully The Lion King will hit all the right notes. I'm hoping that it will. If you want to get in contact with me, you can. I'm on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search Films I Love Most. Please, your feedback and your comments are very, very welcome. Um, I will be obviously read them out on the podcast. Usually at this point, I would read letters out and some um, tweets, but I haven't got any because this is the very first episode. I've been listening to the soundtrack of the new Beetlejuice musical, which I'm loving because Beetlejuice is one of my favourite movies of all time. I would honestly say it's probably Tim Burton's best on par with Nightmare Before Christmas. I've been listening to the soundtrack. It's so good. I can't wait to see it. I really hope it comes to London. If anyone's listening in New York, I would say go and see it. I've only listened to the soundtrack and it had me in stitches. So I can only imagine what it's like watching it live on stage so yeah get your tickets for Beetlejuice the Musical if you can and then hopefully next year if it comes here 
I'll be doing exactly the same. Ortini! I've got a question for you all, and I want you to get in contact with me and let me know what film do you watch when you're feeling poorly? So if you're feeling not very well or you're feeling a bit, you know, having a duvet day because you feel a bit under the weather, what is your go-to movie? Um, mine is The Monster Squad, um, an 80s classic movie about a bunch of kids that have to fight against the classic movie monsters like Dracula, Frankenstein and Gilman and etc, etc. Um, I love it. Me and my brother used to watch it probably on repeat when we were kids. Uh, for some reason, when I watch it, I feel it very comforted by it. Probably, again, a nostalgia thing. And, um, yeah, so I sit there with my Lucasade, my Marmite on toast, and watch The Monster Squad when I'm not feeling well. There's so much for you to get involved with. So on Facebook, um, Twitter, and Instagram at the moment, there is a competition for you. So if you go on there and all you need to do is write your favourite movie quote underneath the post. It's one of those is going to be selected at random and you can win a Blu-ray from the Bog of Eternal Stench. So I have a big selection of Blu-rays here that, um, you know, it's hit and miss. I'm not going to lie to you. It's hit and miss. We will be reviewing a movie from the Bog of Eternal Stench every week but you could win one so please please get on um, Facebook Instagram and Twitter comment on your favorite movie quotes and you could end up winning a blu-ray surprise Oh, Daisy, I really wish E.T. would come back. Why is that, Elliot? Because he didn't pay the phone bill. E.T. too. Forgot to pay the bill, didn't you? You little Hello, and welcome back to reviews this is me reviewing this week's releases very simple i have spent um a few hours in the cinema this week watching movies so that i can review them for you just a little disclaimer here we all have different opinions some people might love a movie some people might like hate it so if i don't like something that you like i'm sorry it's my opinion you know you don't have to like it please don't send me you know email saying that I should be flung into the pits of eternal hell for disliking a movie that you love. Um, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and that applies to movies too. And let me just put it into perspective. There's been about six Sharknado movies. Someone out there is watching them. So there you go. We are all very, very different. And the first film I'm going to be reviewing this week is Brightburn. Brightburn is a superhero horror film. It's been produced by James Gunn, who you will know as the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and is reinstated as the director of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which is good news. So Brightburn, like I said, is a superhero horror movie. Picture the beginning of Superman. So Superman's little pod lands on Earth, and the two adults go, and they open the pod, and there's a baby inside. 
and they nurture the baby and he grows up and he becomes Superman, the saviour of mankind. So now flip that and imagine that everything happens the same. They find the baby, they nurture the baby, but the baby doesn't grow up to be the saviour of mankind. He grows up to be the destructor of mankind. So the story centres around a young boy who comes of age and starts to realise that he's very different from his peers he starts to feel this weird energy. Uh, he starts having nightmares and he just feels different. And he is different because he's from a pod. And this one evening, the pod is reactivated and it sort of activates something in him. And he starts committing some pretty dastardly acts. The film is quite dark. I liked that. I thought it worked well as a horror movie. Definitely a new spin on the horror superhero genre, which I don't think we've seen before. Performances from Elizabeth Banks um, as the mother or adoptive mother in the film were astounding. I thought she really added some gravitas to the film. I was very worried that it could have gone one way or the other. It could have been really cheesy and a little bit of you know a gimmick but it actually works really well there are some quite scary moments some jump moments in it uh, there are some quite profound moments um you know this it's asking a lot of questions about parenthood as well you know even if the child is not biologically yours how much how much responsibility do you have for that child especially when things start to go wrong um it's like i said it's pretty gruesome um it's a 15 so you know just because don't let the word superhero lull you into a sense of security it is pretty dark um it's a good film i enjoyed it it's, like i said strong performances very well put together i liked the pace of the movie it was slow when it needed to be it was bombastic when it also had you know needed to be so i'm going to give brightburn a quite respectable seven and a half out of ten <laughs> ever woken up in the middle of the night and gone oh, do you know what the world needs a new child's play movie and it needs to be voiced by the guy who plays luke skywalker yeah just me then but it happened and it's not bad so new child's play movie out this week very apt that it has been released on the same day as toy story 4 there was a very, very clever marketing campaign that went out with Child's Play that had images of Chucky basically murdering the cast of Toy Story. Um, you know, probably gave some children, you know, scarred them for life. But at the same time, a very, very clever marketing ploy there. I take my hat off to them. Uh, Lars um, Klevberg is the director and it's written by Tyler Burton-Smith. Um, and it's put together by the same crew and production team as It. So that filled me with some confidence going in because I thought It was a very, very good movie. The only thing that didn't fill me with confidence was I don't understand why we needed this film. So, and we're going to be talking about this a little bit later on about another movie too. But I didn't understand why we needed another Child's Play movie especially a reboot. Well, let me tell you, this is the reason why we need it. Because it brings it very much into the 21st century. 
If any of you have seen the old Child's Play movie, and I'm not, I'm just going to say now, I'm not a fan of those films. I've only seen the first one. Um, but if you are a fan of them, you will know that a doll is possessed by a serial killer and he goes around and kills people. Blah, 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 blah. In this film, it's more about AI and technology. So these dolls, these buddy dolls, are made in um, China. And one day, a disgruntled employee decides to put a chip into one of these buddies, but to erase all of its inhibitions. So to erase its language, um, takes off the like the violent settings, like turns them off. So basically, like turns off all the settings of this doll, and then puts it in a box, sends it off, and then he jumps off a building. And um, you know, I'm just assuming he was not having a good time at work. Like we all have those days, right? Um, so that's where the film really starts to get going when this doll arrives at Andy's house and he starts to interact with it and it's very clear from early on that there is um, something wrong uh, Chucky um, who names himself um, which I thought was quite funny goes on a little bit of a rampage and Andy discovers what is going on a little too late. Here's a clip. I saw Doreen outside. I think Chucky did something to her. Sweetie, Chucky is a toy, okay? It broke, you no, got no, rid of it. No, no, Mom, I, I saw him. I saw him following oh. Doreen. No, you didn't. Listen to what you're saying. Mom, he's gonna kill her. Chucky. Why aren't you listening to me? I have it on Omar's phone. He's following Doreen. I, I can show you. Why do you have Omar's phone? I took it. I, Why? I had to. I, I had to follow Chucky, Mom. Okay. I'm not crazy, Mom. Stay right here, okay? Mom! And you're coming to work with me. He's trying to kill us! <laughs> that was a clip from Child's Play. Chucky voiced by Mark Hamill, who plays Luke Skywalker, very famous, does a really good job, actually, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, he brought this sort of creepy eeriness to the character, but this sinister sort of dark undertone as well. The doll itself, it's, you know, I couldn't see if it was animatronic or if there was some CGI involved. But there are some scenes in it that I loved because it really took me back to those days of, you know, very cheesy 80s movies with um, very physical effects that weren't, you know, didn't work particularly well, but worked good enough for you to sort of suspend your disbelief. Um, there was a few moments of that in Child's Play, even though this is a film that came out in 2019, I was looking at it going, wow, this is you know, a very physical effect laden movie, which I love. I love physical effects. I'm not a fan of CGI because um, most of the time CGI is done bad. If you want to see CGI done bad, go and watch the latest Godzilla film. You know, there was some really bad CGI in that film. Um, and Hellboy. Oh, my goodness. The uh, CGI in Hellboy. Just I'm sweating just thinking about it. What a disaster. But, um, yeah, the physical effects in Child's Play were great. I really enjoyed them. So, if anything, just go for that. Um, I'm going to give Child's Play 8 out of 10 because I really did enjoy it. 
the plot is ludicrous. Like, it doesn't make sense. But it, I just felt like it really brought back this nostalgic sort of 80s campness in horror. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So there we go. Child's Play. Okay, so here's the one that you've all been waiting for. Here is my review of Toy Story 4. Um, oh, I loved it so much. It was so, so good. Like Child's Play, I sort of wondered why for a very long time. Why do we need Toy Story 4? Toy Story 3 ended it so well and like sort of a nice bow on the top it was perfect so why do we need toy story 4 i went in with to the film with some anticipation and yeah it this watching the film at the end i was like that's why we need toy story 4 because it really focused on one character i'm trying to not give any spoilers away really focused on one character and about one character's motivations and what drove that character and really gave them a nice payoff ending at the end. And it was great. It was really good. Um, the voice casts are amazing. Obviously, Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Annie Potts are just, you know, mainstays. But special mentions go to Keanu Reeves, who played uh, Duke Kaboom, who was my favourite new character. I thought he was so, so funny. Um, actually, no, I'm telling a lie. He's not my favourite new character. My favourite new character was Forky, um, who is a toy created from a um, fork um, combination spoon and, um, yeah, put together, created, um, built by Bonnie in her first day of kindergarten, brought to life as a fork, um, as a toy, sorry, and... Oh, it's just so good. Like some of the bits, the the scene when he comes to life for the first time had me in stitches. Here's a clip. Trash? No, no. Toys. They're all toys. Trash. No, no, no. That's the trash. These are your friends. Hello. Trash. No, no, it's okay. Trash. Woody, I have a question. Um, well, actually, not just one. I have all of them. Trash. I have all the questions. Uh, why does he want to go to the trash? Because he was made from trash. trash. Look, I know this is a little strange, but you got to trust me on this. Trash. Forky is the trash. most important toy trash. to Bonnie right now. It did have its, you know, a few things that niggled me, like its primary setting. I don't, you know, it was vast enough for the toys but wasn't really vast enough for me we were in an antique shop for quite a long time i can understand why um but i would have liked the story to progress a little bit more um no but oh and like there was a serious like lack of alien action in this i mean i love the little green aliens the claw i love them and I, you know there weren't didn't really see them very much in it i was a bit disappointed i thought you know, I would actually quite like an alien movie, like a Toy Story spin-off, uh, because I, d I love them. They're brilliant. Um, yeah, Toy Story 4. Didn't think I needed it. Now realise that I needed it more than I thought. 
So Toy Story 4 is my film of the week and I'm going to give it nine and a half out of ten. All these films are out now. Head down to your local cinemas, catch them and let me know what you think on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Now it's the bit where you take over. Every week we will be talking to somebody new about films they love most. Um, My favourite film, just to throw it out there, just to give you a little bit of a flavour about what I enjoy. I think my favourite film is Jaws, most days. And then other days, my favourite film is Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. So you can probably see the kind of movies that I'm into with those two and um, if you haven't seen them get out there and see them um i could talk to you all day about fire walk with me it's just an amazing incredible film but we went over to islington and we spoke to a lovely lady called jeanette about her favorite movie take it away jeanette the film i love the most is uncle buck um i first saw it in the late 80s with my son and um, I just loved it. It's happy, it's got everything in it, but most of all it makes us laugh every time we watch it. Can't be, what's his name, isn't it? Um, John Candy. Great, it's just fantastic and happy memories sitting with my kids watching it. And even there, when it's on, I'll watch it. Get in your mouth. (laughs) Thank you very much, my lovely. Um, Yes, Uncle Buck, what a great movie. Um, A couple of years ago, I went to the Prince Charles Cinema, which is one of my favourite places in the universe. Probably the best cinema in London. And did the John Hughes Night. So just to let you know what that entailed, we got there at nine o'clock at night. We watched John Hughes films all the way through the night. And then we ended up going home at about six o'clock in the morning, stumbling towards Liverpool Street Station, just like everybody else. But except we were... You know, we'd have an overdose of popcorn and coffee and haagen whereas everybody else had a skin full of Jack Daniels and Strongbow Dark Fruit. I love John Hughes movies, apart from one. And I just never have been able to get on with it. And that is Pretty in Pink. The reason why I don't like it is because at the end, when she is revealed in that dress that we are all waiting to see, she looks awful. She looks like she's been in an explosion in a shot that makes clown costumes. She just looks terrible. That is the only film that I can never watch again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Molly Wingwald. You're great, but I can't watch it. Um, Other films included in this night were... Weird Science, uh, Trains, Planes and Automobiles, Uncle Buck, of course, that's for Jeanette. Oh, I'm just trying to remember what else. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That was, Ferris Bueller's Day Off was the film that I slept through a little bit because I've seen it so many times. I needed at least a 20 minute nap to get through the night. The coffee just wasn't doing it, even though their coffee is amazing. So... Um, Prince Charles hosts a whole range of these nights that you can go and watch movies until, you know, the break of dawn. And it's great. Um, I would advise you not to do the Halloween one. This is just my personal opinion, because you will be shaken probably for the next week after that. I did it once 
and I did not feel right for at least a week. So as long, uh, you know, if you have a the constitution of an ox, then please go ahead. But the Halloween one for me, that it was harsh. So, yeah, Uncle Buck, Jeanette's favourite film. I've told you what my favourite film is. And now we're going to be reaching into the bog of eternal stench. And we're going to re- just review a film that I just think is the absolute dire, direness. If that's a word. So... The film I've chosen this week is Hellraiser 3. Hellraiser 1 and 2, great movies. You can see Clive Barker's fingerprints all over them. Hellraiser 3 is such a pile of trash. It literally destroys any continuity from the previous first two movies. Um, It relegates Pinhead to this sort of obelisk where his head can just be seen and he's like says a few words every now and again and then he's brought back at the end. You know, the whole point of watching a Hellraiser film is for Pinhead's performance, who's just he's just incredible. Um and oh I, I sat through it the other day, having watched the first two, and I felt like sticking pins in my own eyes. It's such a terrible movie. So my Bog of Eternal Stench pick this week is Hellraiser 3. Avoid it. Avoid. You know, it will tear your soul apart. Oh my goodness. I've never seen such a collection of dinosaurs in my entire life. Welcome to the Houses of Parliament. Jurassic Park 4. Order, order. As we know, clothes and fashion these days it's quite fashionable to go out and buy clothing secondhand you know it's better for the environment it's you know and you can get some bargains so why don't we do that with other things like films so welcome to the section that i call film found for a pound and this is a challenge to all of you guys out there as well I know you love streaming. I love streaming too. I know it's a lot of effort to take a disc out of a box, go over to the DVD or Blu-ray player, put it in, close it, press play, sit back down again. I'm Again, I'm sweating just thinking about how much effort that is. But I'm going to encourage you all, <clears throat> excuse me, to get out there and find a film found for a pound. Um... You can do this by going to charity shops. You can do this by going to places like Poundland. They even do films now. And I want you to try and find the best or the most obscure or whatever film you want to choose. My film found for a pound this week is Being John Malkovich. Starring John Malkovich, obviously. But also starring John Cusack and Cameron Diaz, who I love. This film was one of the very first sort of art house films I watched um, when I was younger and fell in love with it. Love, love, love the concept. 
it's actually being called a prequel to Us, the latest horror movie that has taken the world by storm. Um, and it has similar themes in it. So um, it's a comedy. It's not a horror film, just to let you know, although there are elements of horror in it. Um, check out Being John Malkovich if you can. It's an absolute masterpiece. I watched it again for the first time in about six years the other day, and it's still as relevant and funny and, you know, life-changing as the first time that I saw it. So get out there, hunt down those charity shops, go to a car boot sale and find a film for a pound. And when you've done that, take a picture of it, let me know on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And if I think it's a film that's worth mentioning, I will give it a watch and review it. So, film found for a pound. Get out there. It's only a hundred pennies. Well, that's me done for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you've enjoyed our shorter first episode today obviously i'll be doing a lot of correspondence from you guys in the next few episodes coming up i haven't got any yet because this is the first episode but i can't do this show without you so check me out show my goodness what am i turning into get in contact with me facebook instagram twitter and tell me what you're watching tell me what you're loving at the moment give me your uh, reactions to the latest films out if there's anything that's streaming at the moment that you think that I should be watching please do I'm watching a series called Dark at the moment on Netflix season two um, and and my head is hurting I can actually feel my brain trying to escape out of my ears it is so complex and it's subtitled too so I have to focus and if anyone out there knows me they know that I have very very bad focus um yeah, let me know. I can't do this without you, like I said. So contact me. And thank you very much for listening to this very first episode of Films I Love Most. And most importantly, remember, stay away from that trapdoor because there is something down there. Hey.